Chapter 1 Washington, D.C. June 2062 It's a conspiracy, Gus McAbby said hotly. An ever-loving, bleep-freepin' conspiracy! You're overreacting, his partner said soothingly. Zane Kirby was good at soothing reassurances. He needed to be. You should consider it an honor, really. They always try to pick the best man for the job, and you can't deny you've demonstrated a remarkable talent for adapting to new host forms on our previous assignments. Blige Blather, I haven't done anything you couldn't do, given the chance. The truth of the matter is, the commissioners don't like me. They never liked me. I'm too much of a nonconformist to suit their bureaucratic sense of taste, and this is their way of punishing me. Let's not get paranoid now. Kirby gave him a comradely pat on the back, but in his private thoughts he had to admit there was a certain element of truth in what his partner said. Gus McGabby was a nonconformist, at least in the eyes of their superiors at the Federal Bureau of Temporal Regulation. In contrast to Zane Kirby's sleek-as-always appearance, McGabby's orange-tweed zip-suit was rumpled and dowdy, and his auburn hair, no matter how often combed, always looked as if he'd just awakened from a restless night's sleep. And as for the way he followed procedural guidelines set forth by the Bureau, well... It was only his astonishingly good record of success as a transtemporal agent that kept him on with the FBTR. That and the fact that he and Kirby make a heck of a good team. A conspiracy. McGabby was still muttering as the two agents made their way down the 10th floor hall of the Bureau's national headquarters. They always hit me with the freak jobs. Just once, I'd like to go on an assignment in my own skin. Now, now, I'm sure you're to play a vital role in this mission. Diddly diddly, they haven't even told us what the freepin' assignment is yet. All they said was to report for preparation. Kirby sighed inwardly as they reached the two doors that would separate them momentarily. To the left was his door, leading to the costume, artifact, and old currency section. To the right was McAbby's destination the biological storeroom and mind transference chambers. McGabby gave a slight shudder of anticipation at the prospect of what awaited him, then drew himself up with a sense of stoic resolve and displayed his identical card to the door scanner. In the last moment before he disappeared inside, he turned to Kirby with a bit of a sullen pout and said, It's probably because you're so blasted good-looking and I'm not. And then he was gone. Kirby shook his head ruefully and entered his own door. The elevator that traveled up to the commissioner's office a half hour later bore two remarkable passengers. Zane Kirby stood jauntily attired in faded brown breeches that barely reached a pair of floppy boots whose tops were rolled down. A loose-fitting white shirt covered his upper torso, and a scarlet bandana was tied stylishly about his head. Tucked into his wide belt was a flintlock pistol, and hanging at his side was a cutlass that looked like a museum piece. It was outlandish dress for modern times, but Kirby, as always, carried it off like a trooper. The other passenger was quite another matter. Perched on the car's handrail in a pose of monumental ill humor was a large green parrot with yellow markings and a bright orange beak. Kirby hadn't seen the bird before, but there was something about the glaring eyes that was all too familiar. Without thinking, he smiled to himself. Not one word, said the parrot. Not even a syllable. And if you know what's good for you, you'll wipe that ever-loving smile off your face. How about a polysyllable? Kirby asked. Sorry, Gus, it was a thoughtless of me. 
but he couldn't quite stifle a chuckle. You think it's funny? Huh? Gus said hotly. How'd you like to go off and leave your body squatting on a king-sized perch, naked as an ever-loving jaybird, with nothing to eat but sunflower seeds and ample tidbits? That's right, I forgot. The parrot's mind is in charge of your bod while you're using his. Some trade, said Gus. I just hope the bird brain doesn't try flying. The elevator doors whisked open on the 23rd floor, and Zane Kirby stepped out. Gus McAbby's newly acquired parrot form flapped awkwardly out after him and landed on his shoulder. Coming toward them down the hall was another of the FBTR's top agents, the ever-delectable Angela Devane. She glanced at them and gave a cheery salute. Hi, Zane, she said briskly. How's it going, Gus? See? See? McAbby's parrot voice was much too close to his partner's ear for the